Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Next Level Human podcast. This episode, we're actually going to talk about uh, finance. So as you know, uh, we always talk about the four jobs of every human, uh, health, wealth, uh, personal development, and personal relationships. Another way to say that is all of us humans, we have to earn a living, right? Manage our finances. We have to attain and maintain optimal sort of health and fitness, right? We have to um, develop and sustain personal relationships, and we have to develop purpose and meaning, and this is the realm of personal development. So we usually spend a lot of our time on this podcast talking about um, health and fitness and personal relationships. Lately, we've been talking a little bit more about purpose and meaning, and we don't do a whole lot on finance, and um, I want to do that, and the reason I want to do that is because right now, if you're listening to this podcast, we're right in the middle of um, the coronavirus sort of outbreak, and uh, quarantine, and everybody is at home, and a lot of people are a little bit afraid, especially people in the health and fitness industry who were making their living in person doing uh, sort of health and fitness or consultations and uh, across the desk as functional medicine practitioners and doctors, and we're all finding that business has slowed down. Well, I escaped this reality for myself years back and have been completely online for a very long time, and I continue to get the question from people, hey, Jade, how do you do this internet business thing? How does it work? And so I wanted in this episode to give just an overall understanding of uh, my experience in this realm uh, in becoming an entrepreneur on the internet, how it works, how you market, etc. And I don't really have, uh, you know, sort of a, an outline for this talk. I normally don't. I normally just, uh, you know, sort of freewheel. And so we'll see how this goes and um, see what you think about this. But let's get into this really quickly. So the idea, right, online Basically, what we're talking about is we're talking about being able to go past our physical sort of location to interact with the world at large. And so all of a sudden, we're essentially now out in the world. Anybody who has an Internet connection should be able to see us and find us. This is one of the big misunderstandings, though, about the Internet, right? Because in a sense, you're basically a drop of water, a single drop in a huge sea. So why would anyone take notice of you, right? Well, let's cover that first. Well, people are on the Internet, right? And they are on the Internet, which is filled with information, right? So there's just people go there 
for information. Google is now like the Oracle, right? So if you want a question to something, you're going to go to educate yourself. We also now are finding that uh, most people not uh, are now some degree uh, consuming their entertainment online as well. And so online has become both entertainment and education. So it's just start right there. And both of those can get a lot, a lot of attention. So if you're a healer uh, and you're some or trainer, a lot of what you're doing is in the realm of education. And so let's talk about this first. First of all, what does someone who is looking for education, information do, right? Well, they go to YouTube or they go to Google, which by the way, are one and the same thing. Google owns YouTube and they type in, you know, how to burn fat or how to heal hypothyroid or, uh, uh, natural solutions for hyper high blood pressure, right? They're typing in these things into Google, and Google essentially takes this information and goes out and starts crawling. Uh, and when I say crawling, like literally, you know, you have computer programs, they call it crawling, that go out there and look through the Google algorithms and things like that to see what are um, the most reliable, trafficked, uh, you know, websites that give information on this. So, for example, if I write a blog, and I'll give you one of mine when I was doing Metabolic Effect, if I wrote a, write a blog, How to Burn Fat During Menopause, right? What I want to do is I want to know what people are actually searching for when they go in and type in a search term in Google or in YouTube, right? I want to know what they're actually searching. So I would use a tool like Google Keyword Planter, um, Planner rather, where I can go in and see what is the term that people are searching for. Now, I might think like, you know, I might call it fat loss for in menopause. But what I might find is that most people don't use the term fat loss. And uh, most people are using the term weight loss, how to lose weight at uh, menopause. Or maybe I find as I go through this keyword planner, and basically for those of you who don't know, it's it's basically uh, you could search in Google and say Google keyword planner. You can go into that and you could type in a term that you are essentially um, wanting to write about. Whether you're going to podcast on it, whether you're going to do a video on it on YouTube, whether you're going to blog about it, you're essentially uh, looking for a search term. Now, this is the first thing you do because one of the first lessons on internet business is people speak a particular language. They don't speak your language. If you're trying to reach them, you want to speak their language. So if I go into this keyword planner, it tells me what the actual terms people are using in Google, the actual terms that they are searching for. So I type in menopause, fat loss, and what I find is there's not a lot of people searching for that. But I do find an awful lot of people searching for menopause, weight loss. And maybe I discover that they're actually searching menopause belly. And maybe as I do my research, I see that uh, people are searching how to lose the menopause belly. Now what I do is I turn around I change my approach and I name the article I'm writing, the video I am doing, or the podcast episode I'm creating according to what people are searching for. So I would say, instead of saying fat loss in menopause, I would say how to lose the menopause belly. This is the beginning of the process. And now when people come into Google, they will type in what they're normally typing in. And maybe now I have a chance based on 
uh, you know, the creation of that content that I, that I created to get seen. Now, the truth of the matter is this might get you to be maybe a segment of the sea instead of a drop in the sea, but you still have to create great content, um, cre- uh, do this search engine optimization that I just talked about, keywording things and knowing what people are searching about. And even still, oftentimes, you're not necessarily going to show up on top of Google unless you're running Google ads or maybe um, Facebook ads as you're you know, basically running a Facebook page and doing posts there or Instagram ads, etc. So right away, I'm going to give you the two different ways to sort of look at this. What is a value in the internet space? Two things mainly. One is what we call leads and two is money. And a lead is somebody who you own who's like a potential client. In the old days, this would be you basically um, sitting down outside, let's say, let's say you're at uh, Whole Foods and you're sort of giving samples, right? And someone walks by and you're like, hey, would you like to try a sample of my new popcorn, let's say? And they say, sure, I'll try the popcorn. I'll take a sample. When they take that sample, right, this is sort of like them stumbling upon you on Uh, Instagram or a podcast or on your Facebook page or stumbling across your blog. They're sampling your content, right? They're sampling your content. So maybe they go, oh, that's interesting. That popcorn's good. Maybe I'll buy a bag, right? Now, at that point, once they buy the bag, this is very much like giving you their email address, right? So now they've bought the bag. They actually have a greater experience with you. They go home and they eat the popcorn. And if they like it, then they become a customer and start repeating buying. And so online, when we're talking about creating this initial content, essentially what you're doing is you're first saying, let me create content. Let me be out there like the person at Whole Foods or Costco or wherever you are giving samples, letting people see my work, building, you know, essentially a following or trying to get noticed. And then let me give them, you know, like a discount on a bag of popcorn or uh, something free. So in the, in the realm of the uh, Internet, it would be like me putting out an Instagram post on menopause and then somebody saying, oh, that's really interesting. I like, you know, his, uh, you know, sort of stuff on menopause and then going and clicking in my link in my bio and seeing I have a free menopause course and then them going, hmm, let me see if about this. So they go there, they give an email, they get the free menopause course and then if they like that free menopause course, maybe then I upsell them at the end of that if I'm doing my job right as a business owner, I say, oh, and by the way, you can get this menopause workout or this menopause diet or this menopause uh, advanced program for a certain amount of money. And then they become a customer of mine. And so in a very real sense, when you're talking about the internet business, the lead happens when you get the email or when they buy the, the bag of popcorn, right? The sale happens much later when you convert them from just an email subscriber or someone who's in your sort of database and listener base to someone who is actually buying your product. Now, the reason I go through that is because, in a sense, what most people think internet business is is all this social media stuff. And that social media stuff has no real value unless you can get someone on your email list and then someone 
to essentially buy from you. Now, this is changing for some people. Like, for example, I have enough of a following now on social media that I can actually run and sell things right from my stories and that kind of stuff. But that's typically not the way it happens. Not only that, what I really would like to do is get people um, into my email list so I own them, so I can talk to them, so I can make them know, like, and trust me better. And so one of the things that I'm doing is I first want to know what are people interested in? What are people talking about? What are people searching for? And then I take my area of expertise and I start crafting my messages around what people are searching for. So I have a very good understanding or get a very good understanding of what are people searching for on Google? What kind of videos are getting the most watched sort of uh, most watches on uh, YouTube? Um, who are the people and what kind of content are people putting out on Instagram and Facebook pages? Who's responding to what? And how can I bring my expertise to that? Now, that is just sort of the chumming of the water, so to speak. So if we switch to another analogy and start talking about fishing, let's say, social media activity and content creation, as I put out a podcast or I put out a post on Instagram or I put a post on Facebook or I do a blog, all of this content creation is essentially um, like chum. It's basically the, the, the sort of stuff that I throw into the water to attract the sharks, right? We all have heard of chumming the water. So let's say I'm going to search for sharks. I want to catch sharks. Then I want to chum the water. I want to bring them in. I'm going to throw this bloody fish into the water all around my boat, hope that the sharks smell it, and come close and see and start inspecting around the boat. Then maybe I could throw my line in and try to catch a shark. Well, this chumming of the water is something that you have to think very clearly about. You have to say, what is my expertise? How can I show up with my messaging? What are other people doing that's working? And what are the problems that people have that they're searching to solve, that they want to be educated on? And then I start crafting my message around that. And that becomes the way I began this process. Now, what a lot of people do is they kind of go, well, I am passionate about XYZ and here's how I talk about it. And then what happens is they start hitting a wall because yes, your passion is important. And yes, what you want to talk about and the way you talk about is important because this makes you interesting and different, but you can't forget about, you have to also use the language that the customer, the potential customer is also using. And so as you create your content, you have to understand that content is only good if it brings sharks to the water. So this is where you start looking at, is my content getting liked, shared? Am I getting followed? And if I'm not, that means I'm not actually creating good content that brings people in. Because there's a lot of noise out there, right? If you look across the bay, there's someone over there chumming for sharks. And if you look further down, there's someone over there chumming for sharks. There's people out there talking about health and fitness and all this stuff all of the time. And so you have to know what are people asking for? What are they searching for? What is my unique stuff? How can I come at this in a unique way to get attention? Then you use feedback from social media, follows, shares, likes, saves, etc., to determine, am I doing a great job? Now, me personally, I look at my insights. You can go into Instagram. You can go into your Facebook posts. You can go into podcasts. You can essentially see how many views, likes, shares, listens you're getting. 
for me, when I try to evaluate my content, I'm always looking at shares and saves because I figure if, if it's good enough for someone to share with a friend or save for later, those are, t- to me, the sort of highest sort of standard of engagement in my mind. I mean, there's lots of people, and you know how this is. There's lots of people I follow on Instagram, Facebook, and I just see them, and I like their thing just without even really even reading it just because I like them or, you know, I'm just trying to be a nice guy or, you know, whatever. So a lot of the likes and follows and stuff like that aren't necessarily their, you know, sort of peripheral engagement tactics. So I look at shares and saves, and then those shares and saves of of that content I am essentially uh, building more content like that. And here's another clinical pearl I'll give you or tool I'll give you is that when you find shares and saves or content that you've created that does really well, one big mistake a lot of people do in the Internet business is they go on to the next thing. They just keep creating content. Well, from my perspective, you want to promote your best content. So, yes, you're always creating content, but the content that does well, the content that gets shared, the content that gets saved, you want to promote that. So you want to share that again and again. If you're a follower of mine, you'll see, oh, wow, yeah, Jade posts that same thing. You know, once every couple of months, you'll see the same content come up or you'll see me create different uh, ideas on the same theme. Maybe I'll do an infographic on menopause. Maybe I'll do a podcast on menopause. Maybe I'll do four or five blogs on different aspects of menopause, right, and weight loss related to it. And this is how I essentially chum the water. Now, here's the thing. This chumming of the water, shares, follows, saves, likes, all these people that have these big followings – on social media may or may not be making money. And a lot of them are not because a lot of them are not understanding the way to convert that into an actual business to make money. So just getting follows and likes is not as important as getting shaves or uh, saves and shares. And none of those are, are as important as getting an email, a real email from somebody that you actually own that you can then start emailing them to get them to know, like, and trust you so that you can eventually sell them. So you can see that this idea that you just posting a bunch of stuff that people might uh, like or follow and then say, hey, buy it, is probably not going to work for most people because a lot of this stuff, especially workouts and diet advice and stuff like this, a lot of this stuff is basically – It's commodity advice. It means that a lot of people are doing it. And so what you want to do is you want to know what is commodity-based stuff, like workouts, um, nutrition advice, and stuff like that. Post a lot of that stuff for free, and then organize it in a way that makes it easier for these people to get to. And this is where the next phase of this happens. So let's just repeat what I've said so far. The beginning of internet business starts with you doing some research, looking at YouTube, looking at Google, using Google keyword tools, looking at what people are searching for, the problems they're they're wanting to solve in the exact same language that they uh, use, not the language you use, and then matching your expertise to that. So now you have an idea. Here's what people are searching for. Here's what the words they're actually using when they search. Here are the type of videos and the types of blogs and the things like that that they're actually uh, ranking high for. I'm going to create content around that. And then I'm going to use that content, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a blog, whether it be um, Instagram and Facebook posts, uh, I'm gonna, or a YouTube video. I'm going to use that content to chum the water. 
And that's why all of us who do this business are on social media. I wouldn't be on social media. I'm, I'm more of an introvert, and I'm not someone who likes to share every single aspect of my life. I wouldn't probably be on there if it weren't for business. My social media presence is about chumming the water, right? Chumming the water. So now I've got your attention. You're a follower of mine. You like my stuff. You've shared and saved my things. You're in my sphere of influence. You kind of know me. And then what I do is I create something that organizes this information in a way that makes it easy for you to sort of get. This is equivalent to the person who, hey, you want to try my popcorn? Here's a sample. Hey, why don't you buy a bag at 50% a discount or something like that? So I basically give you something, a mini course or a cheat sheet or something, a, a, a PDF. It used to be back in the day an ebook, something that is free for you to get. Right now, I do mini courses a lot. Depending on how where you look at this, I I was I've been around long enough where ebooks were it, full on courses were it for a while. Then we went to sort of like these uh, you know short PDFs. Now the things that I think do best, people don't have a whole lot of time to consume. So to me, mini courses do great. This is like you know short three to five minute you know, videos and maybe no more than three to five of them over one to three days to teach something and or cheat sheets where it's basically like, here's a one pager on all the things you need to know about X, Y, Z. In a sense, because there's so much information around now, value comes from making it concise and short and powerful. This is why many courses and cheat sheets, sort of one pagers or one video sort of educations can be really powerful um, for Uh, getting people's email. And so you essentially say, you give me an email and I will give you this content more in depth and organized for you. And then people give you their email. Now they're on your email list. Now here's a couple things that you want to keep in mind. What a lot of people did back in the day that you do not want to do anymore is what they do is they just get as many emails as possible. So they thought a, a large email list was a good list. And they wouldn't use things like double opt-ins and things like that. Well, think about what you do. You probably, like me, have an email that you use to get free stuff, don't you? Right? And so you go, oh, I'll use this sort of fake email. Now, if I make it uh, hard for you to do that by giving you a double opt-in, and what a double opt-in means is that if you type in your email, I make you have to go confirm with me that that is actually your email. So you can't put in a fake email if you try to get on my email list, right? And what that does is put one one sort of level of difficulty there for you so I don't have any tire kickers. So I don't have people who are just trying to get free stuff on my list or aren't really there to um, learn or are not uh, you know, somebody who is serious about really being interested in my stuff. So I want real people on my email list who really want to hear from me. And once you're on my email list, you'll get, you'll put in your email, you'll get an email back to your email that says confirm your email. Once you do that, you can get your free thing, you know, basically that I offered you. And then I email you every day for the next five to seven days. Now, why would I do that? Because yes, I'm kind of trying to annoy you. Now, of course, those five to seven emails that I'm delivering to you when you first get on my email list, that's really some of my best content. You're getting a lot of value there. It's more free stuff. It's more free samples. It's also to make sure, do you really want to be here? Because what happens is if you haven't opened up any of those emails at the end of that five to seven days, I will kick you off my email list. 
Actually, I don't do it that fast. I wait about 90 days, and I basically say, have you opened any of my emails? If you haven't in the last 90 days, I'm getting you off my list, right? Why would I do that? Because what I want at the end of the day is a small, responsive list. Well, I would love a huge, responsive list, but to me, I want a responsive list. I don't care how big it is. I'd rather have 1,000 people on my list, and every single person, every 1,000, I get 100% open rate and 100% click-through rate than 100,000 people on my list and get like no open rate and no click through where almost no one's opening anything, right? Makes sense. So I want a responsive list. Now at that point in time, after they go through that email sequence, I can make them offers or not. But what I want to do is I want to cultivate that list. I want to make sure they at least hear from me at least once per month by sending out a newsletter or good quality information or making sure that I update them with some of my content. So, for example, if I'm very active on social media, what I want to do is go, okay, at the end of the month, maybe at the very least, I send to my email list, here was my most popular podcast. Here were my most popular posts. Here were some of the other podcasts that I've been on so that I can keep them engaged with me. So you see this is the second part now. So the first part is chumming the water, so to speak, getting the fish near. The second part is creating some kind of bait right? And that's this freebie that I'm going to give away to get people to bite on the hook, right? So now I essentially throw my line in the water. And if the bait is good enough, one of these sharks is going to bite. And I'm going to be able to essentially reel it in, right? I'm going to essentially be able to reel it in. It's going to be on my line, so to speak. Now, I still haven't brought it in the boat yet. It's not a customer yet. I can't, you know, basically take it home and bring it to the store and get money out of it yet. It still could break the line or get off my line or, you know, I may not be able to catch it if I do things wrong here. And this is where now I create a a product that I then market through educational marketing. And through educational marketing, what I mean is you're essentially saying if I create a menopause program, since we're using that that particular analogy, what I'm going to do is create a launch basically where I teach people all the most important things about menopause that are in my course. Ideally, I would have built the course and now I'm taking parts of the course and delivering to them, dripping them to my email list over about a week period and telling them, hey, here's some great information on menopause that you want to be aware of. If you like this, buy my course. I have a course on this. Next email, here's another great stuff on you know menopause. If you like this, buy my uh, you know, menopause thing. And I do that several times. And at the end, what I essentially do in that launch is I essentially say, hey, the menopause program, you can still get it um, for a, I like to use expiring bonuses, right? So where it's like, I'm like, you can get it for cheaper right now. If you don't get it now, it's going to be more later. And you have to be honest about this. It's basically like during this launch period, you can get my menopause program at a cheaper rate. And what that does is create some marketing scarcity, which we all know makes a difference. Sales is great marketing. Having a sale helps you, helps them. And also an expiring sale where it goes out. This is just sort of marketing 101. This gets people to sort of buy that product for you. Now, once they buy, this is very much like taking that, that shark home with you, putting him in your aquarium, and having him as a pet now. And you basically still want to feed him with great stuff. Now that he's been a, uh, you know, a client and bought something from you, you still want to treat them 
amazing and, and treat him like that's your pet and give him still give him free stuff and take great care of him so he buys other stuff. So when you bring this client, this lead home, this customer now home to your aquarium, you want to think about your aquarium as being an aquarium that this fish could voluntarily leave if they want to, right? And if you don't take care of them and you don't, you know, make sure you do follow-up sequences and give a great program, you're not going to be able to convert this particular client. And so at a very high level, this is the game that you play. And so really when you think about producing content and the idea of educating, there's lots of different content that you want to create. There's sort of social media content, what I would call attraction content. This chums the water. This is podcast. This is blog posts. This is Instagram. This is Facebook. This is all those kinds of things, right? This is attraction content. And then you want to create opt-in content. This is sort of the freebies, the mini course, the um, cheat sheets, right? And this opt-in content gets people on your email list. And then there's email content that essentially keeps those, uh, you know, leads warm and interested in what you do. And then there's launch content where you're essentially doing this educational launch where you're educating people through this process of selling. And then there's program content, the actual stuff that's in your program. And then you could even think there's uh, back into email-based content, right? So this is how this sequence works. Now, to get people in the front door, right, you can either do it organically with this attraction content and, and or you could do it through ads and ad content. And ideally, you would be doing a little bit of both. The thing that you kind of want to understand here, though, is that in order for people to want to buy from you, they need to know, they need to like, and they need to trust you. And so the way that you do that is through this consistent content constantly model, right? So even if you hit them with an ad, you want to essentially bring them to a place that brings them into a freebie, into this launch-based email education to sell people. Very few people are going to go right from an ad, they've never heard of you before, onto a sales page and then buy. Now, I say that um, with some trepidation because if you're really good at sales pages and really good at copy and really know what you're doing, absolutely, there are plenty of people. As a matter of fact, my company, Metabolic Living, people uh, that make their livings doing this. So there's a lot of us who've made a lot of money doing that. But for most solopreneurs who are going to be listening to this, that is going to be out of the question because you just don't have the skill set. Now, there are people you can hire to build out what they call these funnels for you, where it's basically an ad to an educational sort of launch funnel to a sale, a, a program sale on the back end. That, to me, is a, a, a whole other podcast. This podcast, I just want to give you the brief overview, and then I want to see how you like sort of this content, then I can go into each of these differently. For example, there's a whole strategy around uh, attraction content and social media content and what kind of stuff that you can do. There's a whole strategy around opt-in content, a whole strategy around email content, and a whole strategy about how to build uh, programs and sell these programs and where to sell them. And of course, underneath that is the whole infrastructure that you need, right? Like, obviously, you're going to need, if you're going to 
get leads, you need an email service provider, you know, something that manages your emails. You also need a place that houses your program that you're selling, right? You need uh, some kind of apparatus that can generate opt-in pages and those kinds of things. And so there's an education that you need. But I wanted to take this opportunity to essentially talk about the idea of how to make money online in a big sort of picture kind of way. It's essentially like searching or fishing for sharks. First, you chum the water. That's the attraction content, the social media, all that kind of stuff. That is not that valuable except to tell you how well you're doing. Are people resonating with you? Are people resonating with your message? Then you want to create opt-in content where it's basically like, okay, now I'm going to give you a freebie. I'm going to give you a, you know, a discount on you pay me with your email and I'm going to give you an actual bag of the popcorn, right? This is very much like baiting the fish and getting them on the hook. Then you essentially have to get your emails right, talk to them, get them to know, like, and trust you so you can literally pull them into the boat and sell them on your program. And this is typically how the, pro- the, the process works. Now, I'll say a few things because I don't want to ramble on and on, and I just want to see if, if this kind of content resonates with you all. But the next piece here is really the high-end strategy for your business. So really, when you think about people who have done well, what they essentially have done is they built several different um, revenue streams for themselves, right? And so in a sense, this can take time to build up that what the process I just went through with you can take anywhere from one to five years and and probably going to be around three. And this means you are doing this uh, day in and day out. Sure, maybe you have a job, but this side hustle is a real thing. You're really spending a lot of time with it. Most of us who've been able to pull this off would have been doing this for free anyway, just because we love it. Right. And so you really have to kind of look at what I'm talking about sounds maybe simple at a high level, or maybe for some of you, you're like, Jade, you're speaking Greek. But for those of you who get me, you also have to understand you have to do this for one to five years, and you have to do it at a very good level and pay close attention to what you're doing. And there's a lot of stuff you have to master in there, right? There's a lot of stuff you have to master with attraction content. And there's a lot of stuff you have to master with all these different types of content, right? It, that, that part is important. But then to build out your business, then you basically have to have a situation where you build out different revenue streams. And so I'll just go through that really quickly. But once you have a following, if you build a following, whether you build a following on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, there's several different ways to make money. If you have enough of a following, you can make money from people wanting to uh, you to be an affiliate with, affiliate with them, which essentially means they have a product that your clientele would be interested in that they want to sell to your clientele, and they will essentially give you a finder's fee uh, to sell their product to your clients. That's one way that you can make money. Some people make all their money on that. They essentially uh, put out their stuff, build up a following, and then sell other people's programs because they don't build their own programs, right? So that's one way to do it. So you can make money through affiliate marketing. You can make money through selling your own programs, okay? You can make money through selling multiple programs. Like, so for me, when I was with Metabolic Effect, I built a program for hypertension. I built a program for hypothyroid. I built workout programs. I built 
program for diabetes. I built programs for all different kinds of conditions and then went through the same process. Okay. If I build a diabetes program, I do attraction content for diabetes. I pull people in. I basically give a freebie opt-in content for diabetes. I then do an email sequence for diabetes. I then have a diabetes program. So not only can you sell other people's programs, you can sell your own programs. Then you can have repeatables where you can either, uh, you know, kind of do an affiliate arrangement for products. So these would be physical products where you can sell shirts and you can sell supplements and you can sell these kinds of things. This is another part of the revenue sort of stream. You can also sell memberships, right? So if you're a trainer, you could essentially create a virtual gym for yourself. So now this would be like a group training or something like that. And then you also can sell one-on-one coaching. And so those are five different ways to essentially make money. One, sell other people's programs. Two, sell your own programs, right? Three, set, you know, look at repeatables, sell supplements and things like that or gear. Four, create some kind of recurring membership that people are involved in that you basically rope them into. And then five, sell one-on-one coaching. This is the way that you build out this model of business. And then of course, as you grow and grow your following, and I've had this conversation with several people in the last week, as you grow, and this is why I always say people go, well, should I be a brand or should I be a person? I always say you should be both because we as entrepreneurs, once you do this, you may decide, yeah, I want to be like Jade. I know he, I know he started selling workouts. Then he moved into selling nutrition, you know, sort of program and natural health programs. Now he coaches in entrepreneur and and finance as well. And now he has this new business. He started called next level human. That's really about personal development. And this is a hint, by the way, the four areas is ironic kind of, and I didn't even put this together until, you know, um, I was doing this for a while, but if you Remember the intro to Next Level Human podcast, it says you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. Well, ironically, those four jobs, finance, health, relationships, and purpose and meaning, these are the four big buckets that most people spend their money on online. Think about it. When you buy an online program, it's almost always going to be one of those four things. How to make money, right? how to attain or or maintain health and fitness, how to find love or men relationships, and two, personal development, how to find purpose and meaning. These are all, this is essentially self-help. This is the self-help section of, you know, bookstores, which are quickly going away. And they're usually huge. If you walk into a bookstore, if you can find one nowadays, you'll see the self-help section is huge. So essentially, those of us who are educating and teaching online, we are essentially in the self-help business and we are essentially teaching, educating, selling these four jobs, right? So in a sense, Next Level Human, my, my sort of new venture, is really about teaching these four jobs to people because uh, ironically, this is what people search for, want information on, want to understand, and will part with their money for to understand this stuff. You may, in your trajectory as an online entrepreneur, dovetail into this, right? Because obviously, since I made money with health and fitness, and I also have a psychology background and a coaching background, I've always sold in the realm of health and fitness and psychology and purpose and meaning. And then as I've gotten better and better at this, I can now teach this whole idea about how to make 
money online. All right, I'm going to go ahead and stop there. I know this is sort of a whirlwind, and it's it's sort of like for those of you who know this business, it's probably like, yeah, Jade, no, duh. But for those of you who don't or are getting your first taste of this, I wanted to give you an understanding about how this process works at a high level and sort of the different pieces. And so I'm, I'm going to release this, and I want to just see, give me some feedback. Come into my DMs or send me an email over to support at uh, jtita.com or uh, leave me a review um, on iTunes. I'd appreciate if you do that anyway. Remember, reviews are important for anyone who's putting out content because they help other people. Uh, and inspire other people to listen, and they may learn. So it's a way for you to spread the love, so to speak. But let me know about uh, this kind of content and if you want more of it. And I'll give you a hint, too. One of the other reasons, there's a hidden motivation in this, uh, one of the other reasons that I'm doing this particular podcast is because I am actually getting ready to um, do a course, uh, a live-streamed event, uh, perhaps, over uh, while we're all sitting at home and people are asking about internet business, I'm going to teach an internet business course here in the next month or two. And so part of this is a warm up uh, to that. And so I can take this, just as a final note, I can take this podcast that I've just done. I've done video. I've got audio. I can actually make attraction content out of this podcast, right? I can make attraction content out of this podcast. I can then create opt-in content, maybe with some uh, old interviews. And I actually have a course called Time Millionaires. You can go over to www.timemillionaires.com. This is my opt-in content. It's a full course. Enter your email in there. I get you as a lead. You get a full-on free course for internet business. And then I can come back and market you as I get ready to launch this other program that I'm going to launch. So you see how that works? I can literally take this podcast, chop it up, make it attraction content. I could tell you, hey, you want my free course on internet business? Go to www.timemillionaires.com. Once you give me your email list, I can then begin to talk to you and market you this program I'm getting ready to launch. So that's exactly what I'm doing. So you can see sort of my thought press on thought process on this. Nothing is by accident. So anyway, let me know what you think of this content. I will start doing more on finance and also get some other people. Uh, I think I've said this before. I do really well in terms of earning. I am not the best saver and manager with money historically. And so I don't feel qualified to necessarily teach that aspect of finance yet. I can definitely teach earning for sure. Saving and managing, I'm getting better and better at it, but I'll probably get other people to teach that aspect of things until I become a master at it. But anyway, I'm going to end here. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast and I will see you on the next episode.